Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 39 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today on this lovely Thursday morning is Jess Rogers. Welcome back, Jess. Hey, Rob. Thanks so much. Yeah. I, I'm sorry to have made you like miss your zebras yesterday. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you've gotten oh, over that. <laughs> it was a funny, I hadn't thought about that story in a while. Okay. I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to, to help make you nostalgic for that, for those <laughs> days. <laughs> so minute 39 begins with the elevator doors closing on John and Sam and ends with John lifting himself up out of the elevator. Mm-hmm. So yesterday we we ended things with with John and Sam basically being kicked out of the control tower and put in an elevator by themselves for some strange reason. You know mm-hmm. we don't need anybody we don't need anybody to make sure that you know where can they go? <laughs> right. I you guess know, it only now you answered your question from yesterday. Why don't they put any police in with them? Because otherwise this couldn't happen. No, well, of course, that that is the real reason. But you know, is it because where can they go? You know, that's, yeah. that's probably the that that's probably what, what was going through Lorenzo's mind. Or actually, Lorenzo right. didn't even say to the guys go down with him. He just said put right. him in the elevator. You know, I guess the idea is, is that all right. You know, you know, I, I guess Lorenzo didn't really read John's dossier uh, a few months ago. <laughs> Or a few weeks ago when we were talking about it, you know, because it maybe would have said, you know, that 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 he has a perchance for, you know, crawling around in in, uh, you know, elevator in elevator shafts, in in uh, air conditioning ducts, you know, you have all these different things. Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's true. But you know, but again, that if if they would have done that, then uh, John wouldn't be able to do what he does in this minute. That's <laughs> true. And then, uh, you know, we, we have a shot of, of Trudeau pretty pissed off. And then we see uh, Lorenzo on, like, the stairs. Because it's, it's, it's two levels. The, you know, the, the control tower, uh, all the, the, the techies in the control tower are on two different levels. So mm-hmm. we, see, we see Lorenzo on one of them. And he goes, and he picks up his walkie-talkie and goes, for <laughs> sake, just get them both out of here. And he goes, lobby security, come in. And then we, we get a shot of, of a, a cop down on, you know, down in the airport itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes, Tomlinson, Tomlinson here. Have you ever heard the name Tomlinson before? Yeah, I went to high school with a guy named John Tomlinson. Ooh, okay. Do you, do you know what it means? Do you know what the name, well, like the etymology of the name Tomlinson is? It'd be the son of Tomlin, but I don't yes. know what that means. Okay, that's. That's what I found out. And then I was wondering, okay, if that's the case, what is Tomlin? Right. <laughs> I have any no idea. idea. Any idea. Okay. Tomlin is actually a masculine name derived from the from the name Tom, which means little Tom. Tomlin oh, wow. is little Tom. Um, okay. It says here, this adorable title makes a great namesake for parents wishing to give babies uh wishing to give baby some individuality with their name tomlin dates back to the middle middle english era from a personal name thomalin and may also be ang- uh, anglicized form of the irish surname mac toyman ultimately from wow. thomas um and do you know what thomas means 
I don't, even though it's my brother's name. Okay, so Thomas comes from Aramaic, Greek, and Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Okay, means twins or Gemini. Oh, wow, that's so funny, because I'm Gemini and he's not. All right. Well, I don't think. I guess your parents didn't didn't research. No, they didn't. They didn't, they didn't Google. My father's middle name. Yeah. They didn't Google it. You know, when no, when he was born. No, <laughs> that's funny. Right. Um. So yeah, Tomlin is not a first name that is used very often. No. Uh. It it's quite unique, I guess you can say. Um. There is a fort named Tomlinson. And uh, I found a whole bunch of names of people who, who well, actually, there's there's three people that are listed here with their first name is Tomlinson. One of them is a a film theorist and educator named Tomlinson Holman, and another is a civil rights activist, uh, Tomlinson D. Todd. Uh, but as a last name, there is I have three pages of of names of people whose name is Tomlinson as their last name. Uh, none of them really jumped out at me as someone that that I you know am familiar with. Mm-hmm. With anyone, there there are you know politicians and uh, you know there's a comedian named Taylor Tomlinson. Yeah, she's born, really funny. Who was born in 1993? Yeah, she's not very old. Um, there is, there's a lot of uh, you know like soccer players that are mentioned here. There is a an American inventor who actually originated. Wow, he originated the strudel in in you know the the A sign. You know that you use for email. Yeah. The the at sign, I guess you can call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the originator of that. Wow. Huh. You never, I never really thought about like where that come. You know that no. that someone thought that, that that's what we're going to do. I don't oh. know. No, never. Yeah. Is there a dentist from Georgia? That would be the guy I went to high school with. <laughs> uh, what what's his first name? John. There are four Johns here listed here. There is, no, this guy is, no, these are all a little bit uh, older than you are. One of them was born in 1932, one of them was born in 1946, one of them was born in 1939, and then the fourth one is a uh, comic uh, comic book writer for, he he writes the comic uh, 2000 AD, John Tomlinson. So is, could he be doing that? Is he, does, does he do that? You know, is that his night job? No, you know, he's during a the day he's a Georgia. he's a dental <laughs> surgeon during day, but comic book writer at night maybe. Suppose he was always pretty smart. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a singer named uh, Fred Tomlinson, mm. um, who passed away in 2016. Uh, he was in his 90s, so you know that 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 goes back a little bit uh, further. Fair. Um, the founder of the Church of God of Prophecy was someone named Ambrose Jessup Tomlinson. Never heard of it. Yeah, nope, never heard of him either. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there are others that people have heard of, but those are those are the ones that uh, jumped out at me. I, I think yeah. for me, the, 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 the best one is is the, you know, the inventor of the uh, strudel sign. That's yeah, so creepy. It's so creepy that what, that someone? No, crazy that oh. someone would invent that, that it, it it makes sense. And that you know. There's a person. Of course it does. Yeah. Just there's certain things that, that separated out as a thought. You know. Right. Even even for people like us who who lived in in a time before people knew about most people knew about email. Yeah. I mean there 
there was email around then, but but most people didn't know about it, uh, my, myself included, and I'm assuming you were also in that in that category. You know, I, I only started using email maybe in the early 90s, 93, 94, or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, back when I talked about the other day about getting a computer at that point. So the same, same, yeah. same basic idea, but, but uh, yeah, you, you never think about where these type of things come from because it's just, you know, it's there. <laughs> it's something that everyone uses. You know, you have to have a strudel in order to, to, <laughs> you know, to, to, to have an email address. You know? To have a viable, yeah, That's 100%. Correct. Yeah. And then uh, Carmine responds by saying, this is Captain Lorenzo here with two unauthorized personnel in the <laughs> tower. Now, would you get your thumb out of your ass, get them out of the elevator, or you're going to find a goddamn pink slip in your Christmas stocking? <laughs> so his delivery, the, Dennis Franz's delivery here is great. I love it. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm really impressed with the way that he does this here. He does you know, it, but it's super unprofessional. Yeah, for sure. But, but you know, it, it, it goes with the entire way that he's been acting this entire movie. Oh, very much. Yeah. You know, again, we've only known him for 39 minutes or, or less even, you know, <laughs> but it, it it doesn't surprise me that this is the way he's talking and acting. Yeah. No, not really. You know, so I, I we never got around to this, but do you know what the name Lorenzo means? I don't think so. No. Okay. So if you're looking at it from an Italian uh, word as an Italian word, so it mm -hmm. either means wise, strong or victorious. Oh, wow. But if you're doing it from Spanish, it means either noble or humble. Noble and humble. And in huh. Latin, it means man of laurel. Man of laurel? Yeah. Maybe because yeah. he sits on his laurels all day? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe yeah. laurels are good. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know any names of people named Lorenzo? Can you think of any? Um, Lorenzo Lamas. That's that right. Actor. That's right, an actor born in 1958. That's the only one I knew on this <laughs> it's list. The only I, one I, I think of. Yeah. No, there's, there's actually, I found two rap. Uh, sorry, there, there are three rappers whose names are Lorenzo's. One of them is just known as Lorenzo. He's a French rapper. There's a Italian rapper known as G uh, Giovanato, no, Giovanati, whose real name is Lorenzo Cherubini. Oh. And then, and then you have an American uh, rapper known as MC Wren, whose name is Lorenzo Gerald Patterson. Okay. So I, I guess you know if you if you want your kid to be a rapper, you should name them Lorenzo. Apparently, you got good odds then. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't know that about Lorenzo. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you know who Lorenzo Adone was? I don't. Have you ever heard of the movie Lorenzo's Oil? Yes. Okay, so Lorenzo Adone was the child. Oh, okay. Okay, it, it's a movie with Susan Sarandon and Nick Nolte. Yep. About, it's based on a true story about yep. two parents that created a medicine slash drug to help their son who was suffering from ALD. Right. And uh, so, and, and uh, Lorenzo was born in 1978 and, and lived to, till uh, he was 30 in, in 2008. You know, the fact that, that, that the tr this treatment gave him a life to, you know, to live for 30 years is pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, no, I remember very... the movie. It's pretty good. Sad, yeah. of course. Yes, that's right. Basically, <laughs> I love the fact that he mentions that, you know, you're going to find a pink slip. Now, 
when you think of the term pink slip, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Just being fired. You've never heard the term pink slip before? In... Oh, no, I mean, only as... No, I'm a... saying in other in other connotations. Isn't there... I'm getting callbacks to Greece where it's the only yes. papers. Yes. Yeah. Your there pinks. You That's pink right. That's yeah. right. I've never heard so, the car reference as often as I've heard the unemployment reference. Correct. Right. They they they, they both fit in here. So a pink slip uh, from an automotive uh, perspective, it in the U.S. is the certificate of title, which yeah. establishes a person or business as the legal owner of a vehicle. Okay. And then you have the employment one, which is a form of termination notice. Right. Okay. So. Um, a pink slip refers to the American practice by a human resources department of including a discharge notice in an employer's pay envelope to notify the worker of their involuntary termination of employment or layoff. The pink slip has become a metonym for the termination of employment in general. Um, how far back do you think the term goes? It seems like it'd be a long time, but when could we make pink paper? So maybe the 50s? 1910. Whoa, that's a lot further than I'd have guessed. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the, the, the phrase itself started in vaudeville. Really? So when they would issue a cancellation notice to an act, the notice was on a pink slip. Oh. Uh, that's actually one of the, the, you know, they always have a lot of different, uh, 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 what's going to There are different stories as to where things really came from. So sure. that, that's one of the stories. Another possible uh, etymology is that many applications are done in triplicate with each yeah. copy on a different color paper, and one of them is usually pink, which is the one that they True. give to the customer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah then if, if, if you're dealing with the car, so you have a certificate of title for the vehicle, also known as a car title, an autom automobile title, or a pink slip. It's a legal form establishing a person or business as the legal owner of a vehicle. Vehicle titles in the U.S. are commonly used by the Secretary of State. In the state, the vehicle was purchased by the Department of Motor, Motor Vehicles, you know, the DMV. Yep. You know, different, different states have different uh, rules of what they use and stuff like that. But, you know, the... Basically, if you lose the title, you can, uh, you, you know, you can fill out a form and get a new one. Sure. Uh, there are now states which let you do this online. Not all of them do. There, mm -hmm. are, there are only 10 states that allow you to, to, to do it online. Um, Maine, Wisconsin, Virginia, Michigan, New York, Indiana, Maryland, South Carolina, Massachusetts, and Washington, D.C. Okay. The, the term pink slip, though, mostly is a reference to California certificates. Which yeah, before say, I think mine's blue. Before 1988, uh, when they were pink, they they actually changed the colors after 1988. California titles are uh, teal, yellow, and pink with a green border. Huh. And and Illinois titles are blue, pink, and blue with a purple border. Purple border. Mine I feel like is blue with a blue border. Okay. Well, well you're New you're in New York, so you know, that's different. Thing. Um, so many illegal street races in the 1950s, which were glorified in movies, featured racing for vehicle titles, hence the popularity of the term racing for pink slips. Right. 
Okay. In the the TV show The Price is Right, the mm-hmm. pricing game Gas Money features contestants trying to avoid the actual retail price of the car, and their price is marked with a pink slip. Uh-huh. And as you mentioned, in the 1978 film Grease, the characters mentioned racing for pink slips, ownership papers. Yeah. So basically what Carmen is, is telling Tomlinson is, is that if he doesn't get them out of the air, uh, the elevator, he's going to, to give him a new car. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Nice. Nice turnaround on there. <laughs> No, I, that, that's the thing. When 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 I was when I was doing my research on this one, that's the first thing that jumped out at me, and I was like, "Wait a second, a pink slip is also the car." And I was like, "You know, <laughs> right?" You know, so you know that maybe that's what Tomlinson wants to do. Maybe. You know, hey, why not a free car? From you know, he does. Lorenzo's a tight ass. He's not going to give him a car, so. <laughs> yeah, and he couldn't put it in his stocking anyway, so it must be a the pink fired. slip. The slip he could. The slip. I guess you're right. You couldn't put the car in there. But the slip. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Right. Basically, then uh, Tomlinson says, 10-4. Let's go. Like, he grabs another guy next to him and says, let's move it. Yep. And then we go back to to Lorenzo. You know, and we see you see him. The, he's still quite annoyed. And he's looking yeah. at the, the elevator. You know, he's looking on and he goes, god damn. Because <laughs> he don't knows that why he's so angry at his staff who just agreed to do exactly what he said. And, no, I know. think he's angry more at the fact that that John is the one who, uh, yeah, you know, is is bothering him. Right. I think that's pretty much what you know the main thing that that that's bothering him here. Yeah. You know, he, he's just very frustrated. And then we get a shot in in the elevator itself. We see John pushing buttons. You know, there's we see it's basement one, two, and three. The one has a star next to it. I guess that's the uh, you know lobby level or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he just pushes all the buttons and nothing happens. Right. <laughs> and as he's doing this, you know, we we hear Sam talking to him, and she goes, "Anything who can think of can't <laughs> with what guy?" And he goes. <laughs> Hang on over there. And she goes, what for? Just hang on. And then the elevator stops. So, you know, he can't, apparently the, you know, the the elevator is set on a, you know, on, on some sort of setting that doesn't allow whoever's in the elevator to push, to, to decide where their destination right. is. But you can still turn off the air. You can still turn off the elevator. <laughs> yeah. And there's no effect to pushing the buttons either, which is just odd. Yeah. I've never heard of such an elevator, except if it didn't have right. buttons, right? Um, That's also, right. this is something, because I've been criticized for this most of my life. He's wearing his watch in his right hand. Like, I happen to have paused it right where he's pushing the buttons. Mm-hmm. And chances are good he's right-handed, unless we see him writing with his left early well, in the movie. Well, first of all, I think he's a left. I think he's a lefty. Okay. That is my first thing. But you also can notice here, look at where his, look at, the face of his watch. Right. It's on it's his. In. It, it's on the the inside part of his wrist. Yeah. But he did that throughout the previous movie also. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. He must be a lefty because I'm a righty and I wear it on my right hand. And I don't know why, except that I did the first time I put on a watch, and nobody corrected me when I was six or whatever. And interesting. 
I've always yeah, I see that. I see that you're wearing a yeah. watch on your right hand. Now I always wear mine on my left hand, but I only wear it when I'm in transit. Ah. Like when I get to when I get to work, I take off my watch. When I get home, I take off my watch. See, no watch. Yep. Nope. I never. <laughs> I, never I don't take need mine it. Off. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now watch. For some reason, you know, it, you know, if anyone will ever go into my office or you go in, you you come into my house, you'll see that my watch is either on my desk, on on the table, somewhere. You know, it's it's never on me. But when wow. I leave the house, I put the watch on. Nice. Yeah, my partner yeah. does too. He wears his uh, only at work. Yeah. No, I don't work. I don't wear it at work. I wear it to work. <laughs> right. So Coleman still wants to try and get get a scoop. Yeah. As John is trying to find a way out. You know, and and uh, like I said, you know, he he gets to flip the switch, and then, you know, I love the way that they do this. They give us a recap exposition here, where yeah. Sam goes, okay. Big drug dealer on his way to prison, gunfight at airport, every controller in the coffee shop getting beeped and hauled the hauling ass, and you rocking the boat. Connection? Come on, McLean. Just a few words. Yeah. And as you know, as she's talking, it gives McLean time to, you know, open up the hatch on the ceiling. Um, and like he's starting to swing his way up, you know, on the way there. Now, I love the fact that they mentioned the coffee shop uh aspect here. You know that all the the traffic controllers in the coughing shop are beeped. Mm-hmm. Okay, because in the script, I think it was last week. One of the things that Trudeau said is beep every uh, controller that's that's not on duty right now and get them in here right right away. Right. Okay, so she references this. I the truth is I don't even think I'm, I've even noticed that she made this reference. No. Because it's not something that doesn't you know it doesn't, doesn't register. Right. You know, so I, I think it's great. It's great that they add it in here because because it does make sense yeah. to have it there. Um, I, I don't know why all the controllers are in the coffee shop as opposed to at home when they're off duty. But OK, that's a separate. <laughs> and then she goes, come on, McLean, just a few words. He goes, OK, just a few words. Right. And she goes, thanks. But I already got that from Colonel Stewart. And then we see the light bulb over John's yeah. eyes, over his head. And he goes, Stuart, that guy who got canned by Congress, that's who he was. Huh? Who? He? Who? What? Hey? And then he says, it's okay. I've done this before. You know, as he's as he's going through the, the, the hat yeah. on top. I like this. There's a lot of references throughout the whole movie. And another one almost happened or happens that we'll talk about tomorrow, this idea of referencing the previous movie. You don't need to yes. have seen it, but it's drawing those connections for you. That's correct. Which That's I really what they do like. Yeah. That's right. Now, I mean, if she knows who Stuart is, then why is she, you know, as at a loss of words? Why is she babbling? Doesn't make any sense to me. She, you know, she shouldn't be babbling and saying, who, what, what, what? You know, she, she met Stuart. She knows who that is. Right. True. Oh, you mean that last little bit? That's who he was. Yeah. I guess that that's who he was. He, who, who, he, who, what? Basically, she doesn't know that McLean bumped into him and saying, she doesn't know why Stuart's important in this moment. Uh, could be. Yeah. Could be. Okay, so we, we, I referenced this a little bit earlier in the week. Um, do you know who Stuart is supposed to be? I don't, not at all. Okay, well, think of Noriega 
and think of everything that happened in the late 80s. That's the only part I remember is if he was Oliver North. But there you go. That is, he's Oliver North. But he, I don't know, they chose, they they definitely upgraded him for the movie then. (laughs) Uh, You mean like rank wise? (laughs) No, just William Stadler is much better looking and more, I don't know, swarthy, like a badass. Oliver North was a paper pusher. I know he wasn't okay, really, but, but he looked like one. Right. Okay. But, uh, you blonde. know. The... Yeah, they're both blonde. So that was part of it. <laughs> right. So Oliver North was military historian, author. Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel mm-hmm. in the Marines. Uh, he also was a political commentator, television host. You know, he, he fought he fought in uh, Vietnam. And then he was the uh, st- a staff member of the National Security Council during the Iran-Contra affair. Right. Uh, which basically sold it was it involved the illegal sale of weapons to uh, the Ayatollah Khomeini's regime in in Iran mm-hmm. uh, in order to encourage release of American hostages that were being held in Lebanon. And then the second part of the plan was to take the the money that they got from the arms sales and to help support the Contra rebel groups in Nicaragua. Right. Um, even though they're, they're, they were strictly forbidden according to U.S. law. Right, to uh, so sabotage the right. Sandinistas. That was the I knew there was another word in there that I remember. Sandinistas. I right. remember the That's right. It was right. much more complicated than yes. trying to, when, than living through it was. I remember him being on TV a lot when all of this went down. Yes, that's true. So, I mean, basically, he... Uh, he was granted uh, immunity from prosecution if he would uh, testify before Congress. And then he was uh, originally they, they were wanted to convict him on three felony charges. But in the end, uh, they dismissed all the charges uh, against him. In uh, 1991. So, yeah, there's you know, he he worked for uh, John Poindexter, who was mm-hmm. the national security advisor at the time. And, you know, they dealt with uh, Noriega also. I don't doubt it, yeah. Yeah, which, again, you know, goes along with what we were talking about, the fact that, you know, that this is supposed to be Noriega. So the idea, more or less, of what they're trying to say here is that, okay, someone like Oliver North is helping someone like uh, Noriega. Yeah. That's crazy. So it was... It was interesting. It's interesting mm-hmm. that they did that. You know, I think I think it was more prominent at the time than what it is today. Like looking yeah. back today, most people that are watching it don't know who Oliver North was. My assumption is that most people in 1990, when they were watching this, were able to oh, make that connection. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, mean, I remember. Yeah, he was indicted in '88. Like this is all happening before the script is even. Yes. Finished. Yeah. It kept going. Right. And the whole idea is, is, okay, this is someone who's in contact with right. uh, Esperanza or Noriega. Right. And, you know, so there is some sort of connection there. Yeah. And stuff like that. I don't remember there being like a ruler of Nicaragua at the time, but they maybe just were um, representing him as the head of the Sandinistas or something like that, that they were going to work for. And then Noriega just became the exact emblem of <laughs> our Esperanza. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. 
No, I, as I like the, I like the fact that they they made it very uh, topical mm-hmm. for the time. Very. You know, uh, again, it's it's a little lost after thirty three years, but it's still, uh, you know, it still it still does make sense to keep that topical like that. Yeah. All right. You have anything else you want to say about this before we get into the script? No. All right. So again, the script. There's a few changes here. Nothing. Nothing major. But it starts off with saying, "But the elevator door closes." And Lorenzo turns a key on the control panel, then speaks into his walkie-talkie. So oh. he he turns off the elevator with the turning that key. Right. And then he he calls the security, and then he basically says uh, he says to him, "Get your thumb out of your ass and get over to the elevator. Get them out and post a guard, or you're going to have a pink slip in your Christmas stocking." You know. So it's sort of what he's basically saying in the script is make sure no one else gets into the elevator after right. this. You know, and then it says uh, McLean punches buttons, but it's on override. And then he screams out. <laughs> then Sam asks him, you know, to to say something. And then he says, "How about <laughs> you?" As opposed to no, because that's what Stewart said to said to her. Right. That is one thing. Why did Stewart go to the airport in the first place? To see. I think he went to go see that that make sure that the security is a joke. Oh, that you're right. You're right. He did comment on reconnaissance. Yeah, thank you. Reconnaissance. Yep. He was yep. doing that little bit of reconnaissance. Although for someone so famous as part of this process, it be it would be like Oliver North walking through the airport just after all of his television appearances. He would have been recognized. Right. So. I, I I agree. That's a silly. <laughs> but that's the way they did. There's it. another one of the if this hadn't happened, this whole thing, they'd have gotten away with it. Those Right. I mean, I I remember reading that the reason that they had him there was so that he and McLean could meet right. so that we don't wait until the very end of the movie for them to meet. And then, again, this scene wouldn't have worked if he didn't meet. Stuart. Exactly. You know, so it sort of makes it sense. It does. I... You know, and then it it says when uh, when when then she says, I already got that from Colonel Stewart. Thanks. And then it says McLean stops as if zapped by a taser. <laughs> very specific yeah seriously it says, uh but mclean has already jumped up and grabbed the light fixture and now in a gymnast's move kicks out the ceiling hatch and disappears through the roof all right very agile uh john mclean <laughs> <laughs> agreed yeah so every thursday we have a segment called aviation thursday where my guests will give their top five movies that are somehow related to either airplanes or airlines or airports <laughs> or aviation in general. So Jess, what have you got for us? Um, these are not in any particular order, um, but these are all ones that I really like that connect to this. Um, so just number five is Con Air. I mean, you can't go wrong. You've got a whole okay. bunch. Of- Jay, Jay and Mark are going to love that one. <laughs> They're, you, you know Jay. And you know Mark yeah. too. There you go. You know both. Yeah, you know they're doing the Can- yeah. Con Air Pod. Exactly. So I, I think it's actually, it's ending this month. It's ending in July. Okay. So, uh, you know, anyone, you know, should go back and, and catch all the, yeah. the episodes that you might have missed. Um, you know, they're, they're a lot of fun to listen it's to. It's so good. There's so much that's iconic in that movie and so weird, right? It's uh, Nicolas Cage's weird Southern accent, mostly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I was on their, their show, I complained about that, you know. <laughs> Um, number four is either version of Flight of the Phoenix. I actually thought the remake was excellent, and they did a terrific job in both versions. Um, 
Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of the of the older version of I it. Do, but, yeah. but I do like I do like the Dennis Quaid version of it because they're able to take a movie from the sixties and make it relevant to uh I guess modern right. I mean I think it came out in two thousand four. Yeah. But they they still, you know, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the week that you know, cell phone helps everything. But in that type of movie, they still were able right. to make it seem plausible. Yeah, absolutely. And update just that little bit of technology, but it's still can they do it in this really dire situation? Um, this one's kind of on the edge of it because there's no airplane in it, and that's the prompt you gave me, um, is the terminal with Tom Hanks. And the idea of just understanding the inner workings of a whole airport and how it works and how it goes through it and how he sort of makes himself part of it while still living there is just crazy. Um, yeah. Air Force One with... Um, Harrison Ford and Glenn Close is just so weird and perfect as an action movie on an airplane. And then, of course, um, Gary Oldman as the bad guy is just, I don't know, I love it. I watched, it came out when I was in college and I must have had it on VHS and watched it a hundred times. And then <clears throat> my favorite one that's more recent because it's much more like the travel I was doing when I was in grad school and moving around is up in the air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. Um, uh, you were going and firing people all around were they, all, but, all over the place. No, they did. <laughs> it was more, how do you pack perfectly when you have to travel for these extra weekends? I had, um, I was living in New York city, but I had um, some contract work that I had to do in Hawaii. So Monday at 5 AM, I got on the plane for the airport and then I got home at midnight on Friday flying to and from Hawaii. And it's like, this is insane. This is someone's job. Um, but it was the same idea. Can you pack perfectly so you can't, you don't have to go through and how many miles can you get? It's the only time in my whole adult life I've been anywhere close to actually counting any airline miles. Um, otherwise it never made a difference, but I really like the movie. I think they do a good job. It's sad as all get out and actually hard to rewatch because we've been through that great recession. We've been through, more problems since um it's much more of a sad movie but it's such a good it's just such a well-made movie well i, I love the cameos yeah, that they did in there that too you know all the people were getting fired were, were were cameos of or half of them were real people right. who'd been fired and half of them were were just actors, actors yeah you know, zach galifianakis that's zach right and and jake jk simmons right. is also one of the ones mm -hmm. great thank you very much for that do you want to once again tell people where they can find uh, jess rogers sure um you can find me on twitter in underscore entertain i talk about movies and i rant about some politics stuff sometimes too all right sounds like fun and finding me is very simple just do a quick search for movie Rob minute you can find me on facebook you can find me on twitter or you can find me on my website movie so, Jess, you feel like coming back again tomorrow to finish off the week? Oh, we got to see what the last minute holds. We'll have to see. But, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that it's just going to be another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? I don't know. That's my guess. Until tomorrow. yippee ki yay yippee ki -yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air Quaint little villages in